pray. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's lift our voice in prayer. I want you to pray with me. Thank you, Lord. Father, change us today. Lord, change us. Change my life. Lord, change my life. Lord, open up my eyes to see you in a new way, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Give me eyes to see. Give me ears to hear. Lord, I pray that you would come alive, Lord, in, in my life again. Let Christmas, let the Christmas story, Lord, let the, let the story of your coming, your birth, Lord, let it come alive to me again, Jesus. Let my eyes see you in that, in that manger again. Let my eyes see you in that feeding trough again, Lord. Lord, open up our ears to hear, hear the cries, Lord, of the, of the angels as they sang out, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Lord, let us hear the sounds. Let us hear the, the story again, Jesus, today. Thank you, Lord. Tune us in, Father. Lord, I thank you for every person that's in this room today. I pray, Lord, that your presence would just envelop them right now. Lord, wrap your loving arms around each person. Lord, I thank you that no matter what they're going through, what they're facing today, Lord, that you're right there with them. Lord, your word says that you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. Lord, you're with us until the end of the age. Lord, you're with us. You're with us for all eternity. You're walking with us. You're walking by our side. Lord, I pray that every person in this room right now will know your presence, your peace, Lord, your love coming upon them. Lord, like, like a blanket from heaven. Lord, like, like the warmth of heaven coming down over the window seals of heaven. Lord, they'll know your love and your touch this morning in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. If you believe that this morning, say amen, amen, that he's pouring out his love. Why don't you tell somebody this morning, you're looking pretty good. You can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Luke chapter 2. We're, we begin celebrating Advent today, uh, the coming of Jesus. You know, Advent is more, uh, we talked about this a, a Last year, I believe, and, and we'll talk about it again this year. Uh, but Advent is more than just celebrating the birth of Jesus. Advent, in, it, in its origin, was to celebrate the coming of Christ. Advent takes us all the way through January 6th. And it was about celebrating not just that he came as a baby, but that he's coming back. Jesus Christ, that same Jesus, the angels said and acts, the same Jesus that you've seen ascend into heaven is coming again. He's coming, and I, I don't know about you, but I'm ready for his coming. I, I, the, more, the more I hear about COVID, the more I hear about politics, the more that I hear about our world falling apart, I just say, keep saying, let it rip, Jesus. There's a new heaven and a new earth coming. Let it rip. I am ready. <laughs> you know, I, I, my eyes are not focused on this world and the issues of this world. Yes, we have to take note, and yes, we have to be aware, but we know that the days and the times in which we live are only going to get worse. So uh, I know everybody's looking for a solution. Everybody wants things to get better. Everybody wants uh, world peace, <laughs> right? Everybody wants things to get better. But, but unfortunately, they're only going to get worse. And we know that it is all wrapping up until the coming of Christ and he's, he's moving the puzzle pieces around. It's not some governor. It's not some president. It's not some news media. Although they have a hand in it all, God is the one who's moving the puzzle pieces. God is the one who's ordering the steps. And, and it's all to wrap up the end of the age. So I hope you're ready. He's coming. I hope you're ready. He's coming. Just as he came as a baby. 
Just as he came in that, that stable with all of the animals, he's coming again. But he's not coming, he's not coming again in a stable. He's not coming again in a feeding trough. He's coming again, splitting the eastern sky as, as the conquering king, as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He's coming back, ruling and reigning victorious as the triumphant king. He's riding in on his white horse, on his white stallion, triumphant in victory. I don't, I don't know, if that doesn't excite you today, then you've had too much turkey and the tryptophan is affecting your body. You need to tune into your spirit man today and, and shake off all the dust of, of the turkey feast. <laughs> in Luke chapter 2, he's coming. In Luke chapter 2, in verse 8 is where we'll begin. It says, now there were in the same country... Shepherds living out in the fields. And you say, well, I've read this story a few times. That's okay. Maybe you can read it today differently. Maybe you'll hear it today differently. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. Now, I, I just have to pause and, and kind of make some editorial comments as we read through this. It, I don't know about you, but if I was out in a dark field by myself with a bunch of sheep, and all of a sudden a sh uh, an angel was standing there with me, I would probably be afraid as well. He says, don't be afraid. I, be I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. I'm coming to you. I'm telling you the joy first, but this joy, what I'm about ready to tell you is not just limited to you. It's for all people. It's not just a segment of society. The, the news that I'm bringing is for all people. It will bring great joy to all people. For there is born to you, everybody say that, born to me. In case you didn't say it, we'll do it one more time. I'll give you a, a chance to redeem yourself. Say it, born to me. This day, in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Born to me this day, in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly, <laughs> it wasn't just an angel. It was a multitude of angels announcing Jesus' birth. And they were singing, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. And so it was that when the angels had gone from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass. I want to focus in this morning on, on, the, on verse 12, or excuse me, verse 11. It says, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. We're living in, in perilous times. We're living in days uh, of, of distraction. We're living in days of hopelessness where people have gotten their eyes on when's the vaccine coming? What's, what's the latest COVID number? What's the latest political number? Everybody's got their eyes off and, and there's this uh, of what reality is and we're, we're focused in on numbers rather than the reality of things that are in front of us. The reality of things in front of us are, are not just about statistics and not just about who voted and who didn't vote. The reality of things in front of us is that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the promise of his coming is still true for you and I today. That he is our hope. Everybody say that. He is my hope. Jesus Christ is your hope. 
Jesus Christ is your hope. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that he is the anchor of our soul. This hope, Jesus Christ, is the hope that anchors our soul in the middle of life's storms, in the middle of life's troubles, in the middle of covid In the middle of a time where they hadn't heard the word of the Lord, there was 400 years where they hadn't heard the voice of God. It was dark times. It was perilous times. And in the middle of this season, in the fullness of time, the Bible says, Christ came. In the the Kairos moment, in the God moment, Christ came. Just as he came 2,000 years ago, in the Kairos moment, in the God moment, in the fullness of time, there's going to be a trumpet that sounds, there's going to be a shout from heaven, and the same Jesus, this is our hope that Christ is coming again. In Matthew chapter 12 and verses 18 through 21, it says, Behold, my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, and whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel, he will not cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. Man, isn't that the truth? That Jesus went proclaiming, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And they heard nothing. They wanted miracles. They wanted a blessing. They wanted wanted to feel good about themselves. But they didn't hear the message, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's the same today. Everybody wants to feel good about themselves. They want to go to church and be petted and told that they can live their best life now and everything's going to be okay. That's not the message of the kingdom. The message of the kingdom is repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He's coming. That is the message of the kingdom. They didn't hear it. They didn't want to hear it. A batter reed he will not break off, and a smoldering wick he will not put out until he leads justice to victory. And in his name, I love this, in his name, the Gentiles will have hope. We have hope in his name. He is our hope. Colossians tells us that he is our hope in Colossians 1, 21 through 23. I want to focus in on what the angel's announcement says here of who Christ is and how he's our hope. In, in verse 11, it says, Unto you this day a Savior is born. To you and I, we have a Savior in Jesus Christ. We have a Savior in Jesus Christ. Now, we have a hard time understanding in our natural minds what it means to have a Savior in Christ Jesus. That, that the creator of the world... I want you to think about for a moment the creator, the one who formed you out of the dust of the earth, the one who had the crazy idea to make you in his image out of the dirt of the ground, the one that had the idea to speak light be and light was, the one who had the crazy idea to fling the stars into the sky, the one who had the crazy idea to form the Milky Way and the earth and Mars and Venus and all the galaxies that are out, the one who formed all of this expanse stepped into humanity. The one who spoke it all into existence came as a man, as a human, and stepped into creation for you and I. We we have a hard time understanding what it would even look like for an adult to become a child again. You know, if we were to talk in terms that we understand, 
You know, there was a movie a couple years ago, well, it's probably been a few years now, uh, Benjamin Button. If you remember the movie, Brad Pitt became, he was an adult and he aged reverse. He became a child. We have a hard time understanding what that means and what that even looks like, let alone the creator of the world becoming a man. That he emptied himself. Philippians 2 tells us, Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. I want to read this out of the Passion Translation. I love this verse out of the Passion Translation. They don't have it upstairs, so I'm just going to read it, and you're going to have to listen. But uh, I know that's hard. Philippians chapter 2 and and verse 5 out of the Passion Translation. By the way, great. uh, it's not a study Bible, but it's a great Bible to just read and get another perspective. It says, and consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Now, I want you to notice this. I, 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 this I'm going to give you a free sermon sermonette here. I, I'm going to deviate from my notes and just give you a, a little bit of, this is really powerful, so I want you to get this. Consider the example. Everybody say example. How do you live a good Christian life. Everybody wants to know, how do I, how do I live the you know, best life? Here you go. I'm going to tell you right here. It says, this is how you do it. Example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. So he's given us an example. I'm going to give you seven keys right here. I'm not, I'm not, this isn't my sermon, but I'll give you seven keys that Jesus gives to us about living a, a kingdom life how to live a Christ-centered kingdom life. I'll, I'll probably preach this at some point, but this is just a good, good verse here. It says, let us have this mindset. What is a mindset? Have this worldview, have this perspective, have this belief, and let it be your motivation. Let it be your example. Let it be what inspires you to action. He existed in the form of God, yet gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. He was, he was God. Did we know that? In John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And John 1.14 says that that Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So we know that Jesus is God. He is the manifest, he is the in-person, the embodiment of who God says, what God says about himself, and who God thinks about himself. He's the, he's the physical form, manifestation of God to us. And so we see that. That's, that's what the, the disciples, the apostles taught us, that we've seen him, we've beheld him. It's God's expression of himself. That's, that's Jesus. So let's have this mindset, that he existed in the form of God, yet gave no thought, seizing equality with God. Instead, what did he do? Verse, verse 7, instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. So what did he do? He Number one, he emptied himself. He gave. He gave himself. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave himself to become your sacrifice and my sacrifice. He emptied himself. He gave himself. And what did he do? He kept going. Not only did he empty himself, but he became a human. Not only did he say, I'm going to come into earth. He didn't just come as a conquering king into earth. He didn't come as, as the 
Lord of Lords and the King of Kings into earth. He came as a human to earth. He chose the lowliest form. He took on the the lowliest possible form and became a baby for you and I. Think about that. Incapable of of taking care of himself. The, The ruler and creator of all things took on the form of a baby. Babies, are, they, they can't care for themselves. They, they don't know how to nurture themselves. He was absolutely dependent upon his mother to take care of him and his, his daddy to take care of him, his earthly father to take care of him. Joseph and Mary had to raise him up. Joseph and Mary had to take care of every need that he had. They had to to change his diapers. They had to feed him. They had to burp him. They had to teach him how to walk. They had to get him toys to play with. They had to teach him what it meant to be a young man and then a young adult and, and how to grow into manhood. They had to teach him all these things. He he became the lowliest form for you and I. When he could have rode in on chariots of fire, he could have dispensed angels at his his beck and call and, and, and driven his chariot of fire in and said, I'm the conquering king and everyone must bow but and appeared as a dictator, but that's not what he did. He emptied himself. He gave himself and became a human for you and I. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man. He chose to become vulnerable for you and I. I want you to think about the vulnerability of humanity. Think about the vulnerability. I mean, we see it played out before us right now. The vulnerability of, of humanity to a pandemic, the vulnerability of humanity to our finances and our resources and tangible things, the vulnerability of humanity to relationships with other people, the vulnerability of humanity to all the things that are around us. The creator of the world became vulnerable for you and I. And he chose to be revealed as a man. And he was obedient. He was obedient even to death. He was obedient even to death, death by crucifixion. There was a plan from the eternal ages of the past that that if Christ came, that if if Jesus would come, the, the manifest person of God would come and step into creation that he would pour out, the Father would pour out his spirit upon all flesh, that, that there was coming a time, there would be a day, an age, where, where God saw you in your sin, in your mess. There was a day, an eternity past, where God saw you in the pit of despair. God saw you in your sinful slavery. God saw you in your bondage to sin. God saw you in your bondage to drugs. God saw you in your bondage to relationships. God saw you in your bondage to success. God saw you in your bondage to religious garbage and mess. Does anybody hear me this morning? God saw you from eternity past and he said, "Not I'm not going to just send a, another lamb or another sacrifice, but I will make a way where there is no way, where there seems to be no hope, where there seems to be absolute depravity and sin and brokenness and despair. I will come and I will rescue humanity. I will become the lamb that was slain for their sins. Jesus 
Our Savior came as a man for you and I. You and I today do not have uh, uh, just a, a lamb sitting in heaven representing us on the altar. You and I don't have a turtle dove flying around the altar in heaven representing us before the Father today. You and I have a heavenly high priest and he is a man and his name is Jesus. He's a Jewish man and he's sitting on the throne ruling and reigning all things today by the word of his power. That's my king. He's ruling and reigning over our lives today. So my Jesus, he's my savior. He came and, and stepped into creation for me. He came as a man for you and I. You know, the, the watering trough, the, the stable in the manger, you know, we, we talk about the, the manger. What is a manger? What is, you know, what is that all about? You know, what is that? It was a feeding trough or a watering trough. This is where the animals came and drank and ate. I don't, I don't know if you've been on a farm lately or have seen a, a feeding trough, an animal feeding trough, or if you have a pet, think about your dog bowl, food bowl. Think about how nasty those are. I don't know about you, but, but when, when Jonathan, Zoe, and Asher were born, we did not go find the nearest feeding trough to lay our newborn babies in. We don't, right? We, we want to find the best hospital. We want to find the, the best doctor. We want to find the best nurses, the best everything. They, is it clean? You know, is it safe? Is it sanitary? You know, when, when Ellie, baby Ellie was born, is, do we have to worry about COVID? Do we, you know, all those things, you know? What does that look like, you know? And having a baby in the middle of a pandemic. And all, all of the things that we think about to make sure that one moment is clean, it's pristine, it's a moment of rejoicing, it's, it's a time for mom and dad and, and baby, Right? But here we find Joseph and Mary in some of the worst situation. They, they, she had just traveled on a donkey, nine months pregnant, <laughs> across the desert. There's no place for them to stay. Joseph didn't think about this journey ahead of time. He was like most men and said, we'd find a hotel when we get there. <laughs> And all the rooms were full. I'm sure there were some, uh, some wonderful marriage counseling opportunities in that relationship at that point. They weren't, they weren't married. They were engaged to, to be married. And, you know, I love our children, but I did not have any angelic visitations when, when Heather got pregnant with our children. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, as great as having kids were, uh, there, there was no angelic visitation. There was no singing, you know. I don't know, I don't know how. Um... <laughs> Giving birth is not the most pleasant of experiences. And here you have Mary and Joseph, and all of this is taking place out in the barn. 
and, and baby Jesus is being put in the feeding trough, in the place where the animals would come and drink. If anyone's thirsty, I hear Jesus' words echoing. If anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink, and out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. I may have come, Jesus, Jesus, I may have come in a, in a feeding trough, in a watering trough, but I'm the bread that came down from heaven. If you'll feast on me, if you'll drink of me, you'll never be thirsty again. You'll never be hungry again. Come and, come and feast. Come and dine. The master is calling to you to come and feast. The Jesus that was Jesus was was laid in the feeding trough, in the in the watering trough, the one who was the bread of life, the one who was the waters, the river of life, was laid there. Not, not a mistake, not an accident, but divinely purposed. It was, it was a testimony to who he was. It was a testimony to what he had come to do, and that was to come and give you and I drink of living waters, that out of your innermost being, we sang about it this morning, spring up, oh well, within my soul. There's a river of living water that can spring up on the inside of you. Jesus told the woman at the, the Samaritan woman at the well, who was after trying to, trying to fill her hunger, trying to fill her thirst with relationships trying to fill her life with satisfaction with things in this world that just wasn't satisfying. Evidently, she'd been through five, of, five men and she still wasn't happy. Ladies, let me give you a clue here. Men will not make you happy. <laughs> if you haven't figured it out yet, learn from the Samaritan woman. <laughs> If Jesus doesn't satisfy, nothing will. Marriage, relationships, and all these things are but drops of water in a bucket compared to the ocean of God's love. You can, you can try to slurp out the last drop out of, of water out of the bucket that doesn't satisfy. Or you can jump into the ocean of who he is, the ocean of his love, the ocean of his goodness, the ocean of his refreshing. Jesus, the creator of the world, became my savior. He's my savior. Is he your savior today? Is he your savior? Has, has Jesus, the one who was laid in the feeding trough, in the watering hole, has he become your savior today? He came under the law. The creator of the world came under the law. Born as a human under the law. That just blows my mind. I, I, I don't have the time to just really dive into that. But the one who created the laws of gravity, the one who understands the law of sin and death, the one who, who wrote the, the eternal existence, he came and subjected himself to the very laws that you and I are governed by so that he could redeem us from those laws. It was only possible for you and I to be redeemed from the law of sin and death if our Savior came and redeemed us from that. He had to live under the law just as you and I. You know, most, most kings, most rulers don't want to do that. 
you know, you can see on the news today, governors are issuing, issuing mandates and doing their own thing. You know, don't go out in public, but they're seen out in public. Don't travel, but they're traveling. We see it all around us. They don't want to, people, you don't want to live according to the laws that they declare. That should be no shock to us that you can trace that all the way back to Adam and Eve. It goes all the way back to the garden. It's called humanity. It goes all the way back. It's a sin line, and it goes all the way back. But in the middle of that sin line, in the middle of that, that curse, in the middle of that law of sin and death, comes Jesus, born in a manger for you and I, lives under the law, and redeems us from the curse of that law. I no longer have to live under the law of sin and death. Romans tells us, I now live by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Don't pick up the slavery to the law of sin and death again. You've been liberated, Paul tells us. I live according to a different law. I operate now according to a different kingdom. And all of that is possible because Christ came, was born in a manger for you and I. In, in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ. Everybody say that, who is Christ. I love that word. I love that name, Christ, the anointed one. It's the, it's the, it's the New Testament Greek word for Messiah. We, we, you know, it's Messiah, the anointed one. Christ, the anointed one. He's, he's our anointed one. In Acts 10, 38 Paul's, excuse me, Peter's preaching at Cornelius' house, and this is what he says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Not only did Jesus come as my Savior, not only did he come with the ability the, to redeem my life, but he also came anointed. He came fully empowered. He has the power to deliver. Not only does he have the will to deliver me and set me free to heal me, but he has the power to do it. He has the power. He went about doing good. He was anointed by the, with the Holy Spirit and with power. The Bible tells us that he was anointed with the Holy Spirit without measure. He had the fullness of God. He was, he was anointed with power. In Luke chapter 4, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He stands up in the temple, quoting Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. And he begins to lay out what he's going to do in ministry. We have Jesus, who the Christ, the anointed one. This isn't just some hocus pocus, magic, feel good, goosebumps. He has anointing power, the ability to get the job done. He has the power to redeem you. He has the power to set you free. He has the power to break the bondage of addiction that is on your life. He has the power to change your family. He has the power to take the mess of whatever situation you find yourself in and to change it. Not only to redeem you, but to change the very story that's being written about you. Not only does he have the power to redeem your past, make you a new creation, but he has the power to sustain you as you walk out your journey with him as a new creation. You don't have to keep going back and forth. Am I a child of God? Am I not? Am I born again? Do I have to keep dabbling in the sin and the mess of this world? No, he has redeemed you the same blood 
that redeems you is the same blood that empowers you to live holy. The same grace that saves you is the same grace that changes you. The same grace that comes upon you and makes you his child is the same grace that redeems you and changes your life for all eternity. Amen. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his grace that Jesus came, my Savior and my anointed one. When you're in the middle of the mess, when you're in the middle of despair, you don't want somebody just to pat you on the shoulder and say, oh, I've got good news. It's going to be okay. Good news isn't good news until it changes things. Good news isn't good news until things are really changed and transformed. You could tell me a good story. You could tell me stories about the Bible. You could tell me good things that God's done. But it makes a hill of bean of a difference unless there's power behind it and it can change my life. You can tell me good quotes that inspire me. But unless there's some power with it, it does no good for me. Jesus didn't come with just good news that makes you feel good. He came with good news with power that can change your life. When the woman with the widow of Nain who had lost her husband and now was getting ready to bury her son, she didn't need just another good story about how Jesus had changed somebody else's life. She needed the anointed one. When Lazarus was laying sick and dying and was buried in a tomb, they didn't need just a story of how Jesus had met the multitudes. They needed Messiah to come to the tomb. Does anybody hear me this morning? When, when, when blind Bartimaeus was sitting by the side of the road calling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He wasn't calling for just some other high priest to come fix his problem or tell him a good story. He needed the power of God to set him free. When, when the lame man at the gate of beautiful was begging for alms and Peter and John came up to him, the last thing that he needed to hear was another coin jingle in his coffer. He needed the power of the Messiah, the resurrected Christ, to change his life. When in, when in Ephesus, when Paul was preaching in Ephesus and the people were bound to sorcery and to witchcraft, the last thing that they needed was a powerless Paul. They needed the anointing of Christ that was upon Paul to liberate them and to set them free from their witchcraft. That is our Messiah. That is our anointed one. It's not just good words on a page. Jesus came for you and I to be our Savior, and he is our anointed one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> for those of you who are watching online, somebody's phone was singing the Hallelujah Chorus. Perfectly timed. Now turn your phone off. <laughs> for, there, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior 
who is Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, and he is, everybody say it with me, Lord. Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. He's ruling and reigning. Isaiah chapter 9. I love this passage. It's one of my favorite prophecies about the Messiah. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born. (laughs) Think about this prophecy, hearing it. Unto unto me a child. I don't need a baby. I need somebody to overthrow the Roman rule. I need somebody who can change. I don't need a baby. I don't need a child. What are you talking about? Isaiah, you've lost your mind. (laughs) Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. I love that. The government. What does that mean? Get your eyes bigger than the U.S. of A. The government. The government of our galaxy. The government of the galaxies. The government of this universe. The, of all things known and unknown. The government of all those things is on his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He's my Lord. This this little bitty baby in the feeding trough is my Lord. This little bitty baby who doesn't even have a hotel room. This little bitty baby who's wrapped in animal clothes. This baby is my Lord. This baby who couldn't take on a Roman soldier, who's absolutely dependent upon his mother, is my Lord. He's humbled himself. He's given up everything. For me, he's given up everything for the glory of God. Let's keep going. He's my Lord. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, he's ruling and reigning over all things by the word of his power. I love that scripture. If you have your Bibles, go to Ephesians. I want to I read this passage of scripture. Romans, or excuse me, Ephesians chapter 1. I quote, I quote Hebrews 1.3 a lot. It's gotten me into trouble. People don't like to hear that God's ruling and reigning over all things by the word of his power. So I figured I'd give you another scripture. There's a whole bunch of scriptures about God's in control over all things. Uh, it's all through the Bible. I'm telling you, it's all there. So, so I'm going to give you another one in case you thought I've lost my mind. In Ephesians chapter 1, I'm ringing, guys, really bad, if somebody can help me out. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, it says, Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? There's a lot here. And what is exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According 
to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ. When he what? When he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above, listen, verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. He's ruling and reigning over all things, every dominion, every principality, every power, all of them are subject to his rule. He is the Lord, he is reigning, he is in control, he is ordering your steps, he's directing your path. There's not one detail of your life that God's not in control of. Rest assured, he's got it covered. You say, what about the bad? What about the good? It doesn't matter, all of it. He's working it out for his glory and your good. He's ordering your steps. Just walk in peace with him. Have hope in your Savior. Have hope in the Anointed One. Have hope in your Lord who is ruling and reigning over your life. I'm shouting. I'm preaching a lot better than you're shouting this morning. I'm shouting too. You just can't hear it. (laughs) In Revelation chapter 5, I'll wrap this up. Revelation chapter 5. He's ruling. He's your Lord. Here we find John, the revelator. Revelation of Jesus. So I wept much, verse 4, because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, it's in there, he's just, I'm adding. He said, do not weep. Stop crying. Get over it already. Don't weep. Behold. Behold. Look. Get your eyes off of get your eyes off the temporary. Look. Look at Jesus. Look in the middle of the throne. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits. And it goes, here is the the ruling, reigning, conquering lion of the tribe of Judah. He came as our lamb that was slain. But he's also the lion who's ruling over all things. In Luke, the angels announced, Do not be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. He's my Savior. He's my Savior. He redeems my life from the pit. He redeems your life from the pit. Has he become your savior today? He's my Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the anointed one. He has all power. And he's my Lord. He is ruling and reigning and has the power to back up his rule. When he speaks, it is accomplished. He's my savior. He's my Christ. And he is my Lord. 
Why don't you stand with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Can we give Jesus praise this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, give Jesus praise this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you are my Savior, my Lord, my anointed one. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just praise him for two more minutes. Just, just praise him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you came born in a manger for me. My Savior in the feeding trough, in the stable for me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just praise him in your own words. Thank you, Lord, that you're my redeemer, that you've redeemed my life from the pit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus, my Savior, my Redeemer, my Healer, my Baptizer in the Holy Ghost, my, my whoo, Jesus, my coming King, Jesus, Jesus, my Lord, Jesus, my Lord, Jesus, my Lord, Jesus. How is it with your soul today? Every head bowed, every eye closed. How is it with your soul today? Is this hope of Christ? Is this hope of glory your hope? How is it with your soul? As you're watching online today, how is it? How is it with you and the Lord today? Is this Savior, the Savior who came, Jesus, Jesus, is He your Savior? Is He your Lord today? Those in the building, those watching online, how is it with your soul today? Do you have peace with God? Do you have peace with God? If not, you can have peace with Him today. If not, the Savior came for you. It's not by accident that you're watching today. It's not by accident you're in the building today. If you're here in the building, you need to make Jesus your Lord. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand where you're standing. I'm asking you to be bold and raise your hand and say, that's me. I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Not just a storybook, not just another story, not just good news, but to be the good news for me. If you're online watching today, you're making Jesus the Lord of your life today, I want you to comment. Drop it in the comments. Send us an email. Go to our website, ccakron.org. There's a connect card. Fill that out. Tell, tell us. Tell us that you're making Jesus the Lord of your life today. We want to follow up with you. We want to pray with you. If you're here in this room today, you say, that's me. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I need to settle it once and for all. I need to stop playing games. I need to stop going between the world and Christ. I need to make a decision today. I need to yield my life to Christ today and make him the Lord of my life. If that's you today, right where you're at, I want you to lift your hand and say, Pastor Zach, that's me. Anyone here this morning, God bless you. Anyone else today, today is your day for salvation. Anyone else this morning, I need to settle it today that Jesus is the Lord of my life. I need to make peace with God before I leave here today. Just slip your hand up today before you leave so that I can pray with you. Real simple. I want to be praying with you this week. I want you to make this decision for Christ today. Anyone else this morning? 
Anyone else this morning? If you're watching online and you're making a decision today, go to our website, ccacron.org. Fill out the Connect card. It's there. Let us know that you're making a decision for Christ. We want to pray with you. I want everyone, we're going to pray together. I want everyone in the room to pray with me. Dear Jesus, I believe that you died for me and that you rose again. I receive you now as my Savior, my Lord, be my best friend. Today, I'm a new creation. Thank you, Jesus, that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, you can press. Now listen, if you prayed that here in the room or you said that online, you prayed together with us, you're making a decision to follow Christ. Here's what I want you to do. First thing, you need to get water baptized. You need to make a public declaration that I am following Christ. We love water baptism. We've past two weeks we've been doing water baptism. I'd say we'd take you back there and dunk you today, but they're cleaning the pool, so it's it's not ready. I mean we can fill it up, but it'll take us a couple hours. But we'll it'll be cold. But if you come back next week, it'll be warm and we'll be ready for you. So next Sunday, get water baptized. If we love baptizing. We have people get healed, delivered, set free. All sorts of stuff happens back there in the pool. So get water baptized next Sunday. If you're watching online, come next Sunday in the building, get water baptized. I know that because of COVID and everything, services, everything's been unusual, but be in the house of God. Be in church. Get plugged in. Be in the house of the Lord is absolutely important. Come come help us during the week. If you're you need to get connect. You, I'm not saying if you need to. You need to get connected to the body of Christ. Come during the week. Help us pack groceries. Come on the 18th, December 18th. Help us give away groceries. Get connected. Having the support of the body of Christ is essential. It's not optional. It's biblical. It's essential. Get plugged in. If you're watching online, you say, I can't get out of my house right now. There's, you know, high risk. Whatever's happening is happening. Listen, tune in every week. Get plugged in, get connected. Fill out the virtual connect card that helps us know that you're watching. We follow up with every person that fills those out, every guest that fills those out, whether you're online as a guest or you're in the building. We, we follow up on all of those. We want to pray with you. Father, I thank you for every person in this room today. Lord, I thank you that you have a plan and you have a purpose for their life. I thank you, Jesus, that you've called each one of them. You've placed your hand on each person. You've called them to walk as strangers and pilgrims in this land, having their eyes set on a heavenly home. I pray, Lord, that this Christmas season will not be one of dread and fear and worry, family striving, but, Lord, that this will be a holiday season of rejoicing and seeing you in a whole new way. Lord, open our eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless each person. Bless their homes. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. You worship with us. God bless you.